Welcome to another episode of Ananda Marga Dharma Cast, and I'm your host, Dara Veda Pragyananda, or many people call me Dara Veda. Whichever one you do, no problem with me. So today we're going to address a topic. It's an age-old topic. It's and it's why is there suffering in the world? And we can also add a little clause on there. If there is a, a just and a good God. Why is there so much injustice? And why do we see so much injustice and suffering in this world? Although this is an age-old question, the reason I'm addressing it now is that I'm, I was shocked in a way. Um, recently, I, I came across a, a YouTube video from a, a biblical scholar whom, whom I'm, I respect him a lot, actually. And then he, he was explaining that, yeah, he used to be religious, but... Now he he's, he doesn't believe in God at all, and and the reason the reason why he doesn't believe in God is because of the injustice of this world. When you look around, you see bad people being rewarded, good people being punished and punished and punished. You you see things which just don't make sense. The the, the wheels of uh, the balance of the scales of justice, they're not balanced, it's, it doesn't work out. It, it's completely wrong if we look at it from an ethical point of view. So how could there be really a just and a good God in such a crazy universe that we exist in? It's a valid question, of course. And there are um, different approaches, but what I will say in the beginning that if we look at only one portion of a story, suppose it's a three-act play, and you only see act one, you may come to a conclusion, but it's not a correct conclusion because you didn't see act two, you didn't see act three, you didn't see really how it ends, how it all ends properly. So you can't draw your conclusions based on a partial view of any different event. Now, Different religions, of course, have, have handled this question in a certain way, like uh, many of the theistic religions, especially of the West. They say, oh, that's easy. The answer is easy. That those who have done good things, they will get rewarded, but in, in heaven. And then they say, also say that those who have done very bad things, they will go to hell. But then again, if, if you think of a God who's benevolent and wise and loving, how could any god send someone to be punished eternally in hell? It seems like there could be no such um, crime that anyone could commit that would condemn them to that kind of suffering as, as is described in some depictions of what hell is like. So that's one solution to it. But really, the, the yogi's solution to it, the yogi's approach to it, is, is a lot different than that. And so it's a question of looking at the whole picture of events. So what is the whole picture? Basically, for every action in this world, there's always going to be a reaction. Like if you put your hand in a fire, you're going to get the reaction, the hand starts burning. So in that way, nature is just. It's, it's showing us um, you do something that's crazy, you get the crazy result, bad result. And sometimes when we do something good, immediately we're 
rewarded for it. Someone gives a surprise or a praise or a reward, like a little dog gets a, a, a treat. They did something good, they got the, the reaction. That's how they learn, that's how children learn, that's how we learn. We learn uh, to do things which rewarding things uh, are good, we continue that, and, and things which bring pain, we, we try to avoid that as much as we can. So, that, so in nature itself, you see that there is rewards and there is punishments, and they're equivalent to the kind of action that you do. But the problem is that many times people do actions and the reaction doesn't come immediately. That's the problem. The reaction doesn't come immediately. And what happens to these delayed reactions? In yoga, they're called samskara, a reaction in potential form. You hit somebody, and you know you should, maybe he'll hit back. He doesn't hit back. But you also, part of your mind knows you've done something. You know that you did it, even though not many people saw it, but you know that you did it. So that reaction in potential form is looming over you, even if it's only mentally. So these are reactions in potential, they're called sangskaras. And when we do any action in this world, and we're conscious that, yes, I'm doing this action, we create a reaction. It may be a good action, which is going to get a good rewards either now or maybe delayed, or maybe an action which is going to bring an equivalent of pain to us. We, 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 we did some harm, and we may get that harm in the future. The problem is, is that in this lifetime, most of the actions and, and the reactions that we create do not get expressed. They do not get expressed. We don't reap the reactions. And they, so what happens is that, now this is where the yogis differ from a complete materialist. The yogis say that, no, we're not just a material body. That's what some people say. We're just, when we die, then the same scholar said, yeah, when we die, well, there's nothing. We go out, lights go out. No, the yogis say there's more. There's the mind, but that the mind is, if the mind which is dependent on the, the, the cerebral cells, that also has to go. But there's a portion of the mind, and there's the soul, and that soul is indestructible. And that soul, the witnessing consciousness that we have, contains the record. It has the record of the actions and the reactions, because there's a part of the, the mind which is not destroyed, the, the, sub, the superconscious mind, you can say the causal mind, and so the actions and reactions, the reactions in potential form are there. They are in a potential form. So what the yogis say, the theory of life, death, and rebirth, is that when you die, these reactions uh, in potential form are there with your soul. And based on the type of reactions that you have coming, based on the type of actions that you did, there is a certain momentum that's why these sangskaras is another word for it. It's called reactive momenta. They're, they're the, all the momentums, which are momenta in Latin. It's a Latin thing. And so all this reactive momenta, all these possible consequences, 
are there. And according to what we have done and everything, we get the proper body where we can express it. So in the, then that soul and its mind with its reactions and potential forms, its karma, that's what this common word when we people talk about karma, the karma that you did, which is karma actually means action, but people use it loosely. They said the karma that comes up in the next life. And in the next life, do you start to experience um, different things? And that's why we see the incongruity of our perception. So we're seeing a bad person. He's really obviously cheater, liar, stealer, thief, everything. But he's getting good reward and he's coming up. People are are giving him praise and everything like that. He's making a lot of money. Everything good is happening. So we don't we don't see. Maybe he has some good merit in the past life and is coming up now. But of course he's creating many bad things. And what's going to in the next life, who knows what's going to happen. So this incongruity of of um, what we expect, that is the problem. But if we look at the whole picture of action and reaction, and we look at life and death and rebirth, then we see that it balances out. It balances out that the one who, who continues to harm humanity and, and harm the plants and the animals and, and do all the bad things, that person will get a reward, but you know, a negative reward, you can say. That person will get the just results. Maybe in the next life, it could be in the next life. Many thieves don't get caught immediately, but in their mind, they also they know what, the, what they've done. And they finally, they do get caught. And then they have to pay the result. But now, even the person who did, according to the yogic theory, even the person who did the worst possible crimes, what they, their, their um, result, their fate, you can say, will be they may lose the human body because if someone acts like a real animal, a beast, some, you know, some people are act like beasts in human form. If a person acts like a beast, maybe they should get a beast body in the next life. So that's the, the lowest thing that can happen. The worst thing that will happen is that they will, they will maybe lose their human um, consciousness. They will use, lose their human form in a coming rebirth. But eventually, as they can come up again, so it's not an eternal punishment. So that's why it's a just system. It's a just system. Good, good things bring good results, and and bad things, they bring the consequences we can expect, just as if you would put your hand in the fire, but it may be delayed. Now, someone has asked me a question. One of my listeners, um, what about us yogis that we're we're doing um, a lot of meditation and good things? How can we get rid of this? karma from, from the past lives quicker? How can we accelerate it? So there's a secret to that. It's called the ripening of some scars. Some scars come up when they're ripe. They, they come up when they're ripe. Ready to means that your reactions will get expressed at the proper time. So there are cert, there's a certain thing which helps to ripen the scars. Whenever, it goes like this, whenever the mind is dissociated from the body, then the sangskaras ripen quickly. And so that's why if you go into a coma, 
like that or some kind of disease and you lose your consciousness or someone knocks you unconscious, when you wake up, some of the past reactions, your past fate, you can say, will come into fruition. So and that's, why, that's why after death, death is a long sleep. It's a long dissociation of, of physical and, and psychic. And when death results in a rebirth, all these sangskaras from the past get expressed. That's why we see the injustice, because sometimes we get the sangskaras with reactions which are not expected, you know, considering what, what's going on in this present life. So, similar is when, when a yogi does deep meditation, and if that person, that he or she, can detach his or her mind from the body, then the sangskaras ripen more quickly. And so in that way, in that way, actually, uh, a yogi or a spiritual practitioner can accelerate the the movement towards the goal. And what is the goal? Now, that's an important thing here. The goal is to move towards a union with God, with the Supreme Consciousness. So this is the scheme. That's why, like, the Tantra, which this philosophy comes from, this Tantric philosophy, is a positive. It says that this universe comes from bliss and it goes to bliss. So it's anandam. Anandam means bliss. So we go to that bliss where we we came from that. That's where our consciousness came from that bliss. And we're going to go back to it. And sooner or later, and even you may do the most wretched mistakes, you'll get a chance to climb up the ladder again. It may take a lot of time. You get that chance. So nobody will be thrown out into some burning hell and... And every action will get its proper reaction. So there's really no reason to curse God or say that, oh, God doesn't exist. No. If, no the, the injustice that we see is only um, an incomplete view of the universe. But that being said, wherever we see injustice, wherever we see suffering, wherever we see problems, we should roll up our sleeves and, and do what we can to lend a, a helping hand and to, to ease the pain and suffering of anybody. And if people are also walking on the path of destruction, you know, you can see that it's going to bring destruction to themselves and to others, we should try to correct them. So this is the proper way to view the world, not to just give up on it and say, ah, there's no God, there's no nothing, and terrible, or to say, oh, there's a, there's a cursed God, and, you know, some people have even this view that there's a, a Satan or evil God fighting with the good God. No, there's not two gods, there's only one, and that God is benevolent, and that God, uh, the nature of that God is blissful, and the nature of that supreme consciousness is to carry you back to where you came from. So this is what, what I would answer to that that renowned scholar, and I hope that he will come to a more positive view. Anyway, that's my opinion. That's my two cents on it. So that's all for today, and thank you for listening, and I thank my listener for posing that question about the acceleration or ripening of the, of the karma, of the sankara. That's a good question. 
nice question. So if you have any questions, let me know. And if you like this little podcast, then give it a thumbs up wherever you're listening. Subscribe. Come back for more. Tell your friends about it. And most importantly, though, march on that path towards supreme happiness. So I say namaskar. I salute the divinity within you with my mind and all the love of my heart.